The following podcast is brought to you by Radio Southland and New Zealand On Air. Radio Southland is a community access media station based in Invercargill, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website, radiosouthland.org.nz, for our contact details. Kia ora and welcome back to Out There on Radio Southland 96.4 FM. I'm Gordon, it's great to be back. Hey, it's right here too and today in the studio we have the lovely Green MP Elizabeth Kitty Kitty. Thank you for coming in again Elizabeth. We're lucky to have you this often. I know, I, I love being down here. <laughs> it's cool. We eh? love having you. <laughs> so um, Pride Month was last month. Tell us what that was like in the big centres outside of good old tiny Invercargill. It's quite interesting because we know that Pride Month is June in most parts of North America and other side of the world because of course that's their summer Mm. and we normally do our Pride events around uh, February, March. So what we saw in terms of being at work in Wellington was a lot of the schools did their things mm. and so that's what I got involved with so I was I was pretty excited in particular I visited one of the schools that is just right next door to Parliament St Mary's and they had me speak to their entire school <laughs> and it was uh, and, and just to talk about rainbow issues and, to, and, and for me to kind of think what are the things that are relevant to them as young people and so they were having events every day uh, that week and then I also went out to Tower College and spoke to their Rainbow Network inside their school. Nice. We had a, a lot of buy-in down here, fortunately, from a few schools. I had one school contact me and go, how do we do this right? Um, the Invercargill Public Library, good on you, did a great big focus stand with you know their rainbow-themed collection. That was really awesome to see, both books for kids and for adults. So mm. that was great. Um, yeah. It's been quite cool, and I am still broke, folks, from my um, Pride <laughs> Month 2021 purchasing collection. I'm totally not wearing half of it today. Cool. Um, there's been a few things um, going on in the community right now. One of the biggest ones is it is the 35th anniversary of the Homosexual Law Reform Bill. Yes, we did an event in Parliament to commemorate this and we got in Fran Wilde who guided the bill through at the mm. time and Trevor Mallard who was the one of the main um, support people in Labour at the time uh, and also our own Kevin Honui who's my co-leader of Te Whana Whana Trust we advocate for Takatapui and and it was really interesting because I've heard them speak about this many times over 35 years mm. and I was just mm. a young person marching down the street with a megaphone uh, at 35 years ago uh, in Dunedin I was still living there and what was interesting was when they described the tactics of how they got the bill through because at that time the general public were not in support of this at all mm. it was always going to be through political will but they also did not have the numbers to put it through and so just how they did it over a long it was over an 18 month campaign in Parliament, um, in the community, to actually get it to pass. And it was very different listening to it now as an MP. 
and thinking about what are the laws that we need to put through for our rainbow communities, particularly people who are trans, non-binary and intersex, and, and what is still applicable from the way they operated 35 years ago. So a key thing for me was they knew they could not do it without community leadership. Mm. So I was, I was really pleased to see because that, I think that is critical. And talking to each individual MP because mm. just because someone's on another party, you don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know their personal values necessarily mm. and, and how important I think that still is. We don't know who's got a trans person in their family and have had to completely rethink their entire value system. Mm. Yeah, I I read the very good article that um, RNZ oh, yes. put out on this and it had an interesting wee fact in it, which was there were two national MPs um, who had family members who were gay who didn't want to be seen by the party as, as you know pro it but sort of snuck down the back and quietly waited to find out where the numbers were at before they voted. Yes and, and, and that's exactly it. They were committed to seeing it pass and mm-hmm. as soon as they knew they the numbers were there they could vote against it knowing it's still going to go through. This whole saving face thing mm. is, is just it, it yes. must have been a really really tough atmosphere. Mm. It would have been quite toxic you know, we talk about Parliament as toxic. I haven't experienced a lot of that myself, uh, but the that just reality of if you vote for this, you're probably going to lose your seat. Mm. Mm. And and then if you can't represent your people and you can't hold this job, then then what are you going to do? And so mm. that and that's the balancing game mm. we often play sometimes about our personal beliefs against our party politics. Mm. Yeah, you talked about, you know, not knowing what other people's views are. And we actually saw that. I saw, I can't believe I'm going to utter his name, but Nick Smith's valedictory speech where he apologised for not voting for, oh, was it civil unions or the homosexual, not homosexual law reform, but marriage equality equality bill. But, you know, his son came out as gay, so that's... You know, it's still happening even today. I mean, I'm sitting here hearing you talk about this as someone who is wasn't even born when homosexual <laughs> law reform came to pass. It was 1986, so I arrived early 1986, and I'm thinking, wow, did we a world that this was not okay and there was all this tension? It's unbelievable. It's mind-boggling for me. Mm. Yeah, and, and I mean that that is always really good to hear. We know that discrimination has not disappeared for gay men or lesbians, no. uh, let alone for bisexual, pansexual, mm. and other people in our community. But it has moved, and it will keep on moving. Yeah, mm, I remember I must be about three or four at the time, so still quite young. But uh, my fundamentalist parents ranted for years about how it was the root of all evil and the end of the world. <laughs> And here I am. Sorry, not sorry. Um, the sky didn't fall in. That's right. <laughs> Indeed. And we're sort of facing that all over again with BDMR, aren't we? We absolutely We are. can talk about the homosexual law reform thing as being transformational, yet at the same time, here we are again. That's right. And, and an interesting thing that Fran Wilde drew the uh, comparison is that the things that they're saying now and doing now, the anti-trans lobby... Mm is pretty similar. Mm-hmm. 
So the good thing is we know how to deal with that and we are confident that we will uh, succeed. We're in a very, very different climate now. We have a Labour government in majority. We have the Green Party, Māori Party, Te Pāti Māori supporting uh, this legislation. It's going through. Mm. We're in a very different place. So they can spread all their ugliness, and that is a bad, bad thing. And we have to deal with it as best we can and ensure that the trans, non-binary and intersex members of our whanau are looked after in this, mm. what's going to be an ugly process. Mm. Uh, however, we know that it's going through. Our priority, and for me as the Rainbow spokesperson and for the Greens, is to make sure they get their languaging right and don't just put through another piece of legislation that we have to be tidying up against mm. and protesting against because they still haven't. It's great you're doing it, but could you do it right? Mm-hmm. So that is that is what I see as my role because it's not just that, it's the conversion therapy legislation. Hopefully, they promised it will be presented at the middle of the year. We're nearly in August. Uh, but And also the amendments to the Human Rights Act to include uh, gender expression and identity and sex characteristics so all of these things are going to be going on over the next while there are a lot of people who don't um who understandably don't aren't familiar with um you know how legislation works and what they can do to to you know support it themselves and have a voice just can you tell everybody in a fairly simple way how this works and um how people can make submissions and make a difference. Mm. Yeah, this is really important because having been now on one of the selectmen committees in Parliament and seeing taking a law from its very beginning all the way through to it, it being made into law, uh, then I can I have much better understanding. Even though I've been an activist and have lobbied government to now understand. So, for and for example, the Birthdays and Marriages Relationship Registrations Act. It has already been before the House, so it's not starting brand new. So what they're doing is going to uh, Minister Gentinetti is introducing what we call an SOP, a supplementary order paper. It says, OK, then, that was the legislation that was written two years ago. I'd like to change these bits of it. And so it's like an update. Mm. And so when people are looking at it, then we look at mainly at the update of the original bill. Then... It goes into the House. It's already had a couple of readings, so it's going to come to select committees. Now, that's where people can make submissions, and this is the time when it's really critical for our communities across the country to put in submissions. Uh, There's a lot of stuff available. I invite people to go to the information um, on the Gender Minorities Mm. Aotearoa website. They've got some great uh, guidelines. My thing is is always try and write something personal. Don't just copy and paste what's there because what happens is that gets counted as like a template. That mm-hmm. People didn't put any effort into it. They're mm. just copying it. And so if there's a whole lot of those, they count that as one submission. doesn't matter if there are hundreds or thousands of people. If you just did an identical thing, it doesn't get counted really and it doesn't really get considered. So always pick out one or two things that you really care about and just talk about that. Honestly, we've had submissions that were a paragraph and then the key thing is us to speak. What I I want to see is our communities bombard government and say no and and just to block out those anti-trans voices and and just say, no, I want the chance to speak. I want to speak to my submission and put that pressure on. So at the least, 
get it in writing, put your name in the history books that you helped to do this world-leading legislation, mm. and then uh, ask to speak. And if you get that chance, make sh- now you can Zoom in from anywhere mm. in the country. Mm. It used to be you had to turn up in person, now we can Zoom. And that was a real sort of holdback, wasn't it, for a it lot of people? It really was. Yeah. It really um, privileged people in the cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and sometimes if there was lots of numbers, our select committees would move and travel, but I haven't seen examples of that since I've been in there. So... You can join by Zoom. You can have a group of you sitting there and and decide how to best use your time. So mm. absolutely engage with that. We're doing a whole lot of um, submission writing workshops. Those will be, it happens that that will be done in Auckland. Uh, but, you know, get some people together, do it together, get it done, send them in. Mm. Mm. And as you say, bombard them. And I think absolutely. there's nothing, nothing probably stronger than actually... You know, reading something's great, but if you've got a voice and someone talking to their points, it's like, ooh, mm. this is actually the person who it's going to affect or the family member of. And that always holds value, I think. This And this is key. Having now sat in front of what... Uh, probably a few hundred by now, mm. of um, people making submissions, you remember the people who came and spoke. Mm. You know, we, re- we on literally thousands of submissions yeah. get sent in in writing, so you remember the ones who speak. Yeah, you would. We saw a pretty uh, fantastic and unprecedented stand um, in Wellington last week um, involving, you know, city councillors as, as well and standing up for trans rights. Um, I'm not sure what your involvement, whether you were able, were you able to be there? No, uh, I wasn't able to attend myself, but keep close watch on yeah. what was going on, because there's always a kind of a tension to say if a transphobic group, a hate group, is going to book a local um, venue, do we draw attention to it by protesting and and make sure they get no coverage, or do we actually make a point? And mm-hmm. What we find is that particular hate group's pretty good at get raising its own profile, <laughs> so it's known that what they're doing. So it's not a, we 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 can't stop that happening. No. So instead of saying you're really bad, even though they are, is the goal is to say let's be strength based, mm-hmm. let's um, promote the rights and humanity of our trans, non-binary, and intersex whanau. Mm. And in this case, they particularly have issues with trans women. Uh, and and I think and not only unhealthy but a close to criminal obsession with the genitals of babies, mm. which mm. I, I cannot even understand, where their their hate and their um, their preparedness to really harm a part of the community they have next to nothing to do with. Mm. It, it it blows my mind, and so yeah. I think the more that cis allies. Uh, can stand up and help with that, help organise things with the leadership of trans, non-binary and intersex uh, leadership, mm. then um, we should do that. So I was very proud. Yeah. And the fact that the the council couldn't legally stop the booking in, in their case, and they looked into it, they tried to, uh, but they, they made the stand and lit up the hall. They had the other initiative for, uh, f- that came out of the discussions leading up to that is... 
we did some fun, quick fundraising and got badges so that all the staff inside Michael Fowler Centre were wearing uh, trans badges. Oh, oh, I did not know that. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is so, so cool. So, and then yeah. we handed out, we had space, so they, got, they were handed out to um, the businesses close by so that they could wear them. And so when those that group was being shown into there by staff and had people around them doing sound or whatever, they're all wearing trans badges. Oh, oh. that is neat. I did not know that <laughs> part of thing. Um, maternity care for trans and non-binary people. Um, there has been a new study that's been initiated with um, Otago Polytech, 180K, to examine inclusive maternity care. Mm, um, excellent. My best friend, of course, um, is, is trans and, and had a baby and sort of inspired some of the researchers to, to do this to do this work because it was recognised as an area where, you know, we've got a wee way to to try and understand mm. um, how important is it and why is it important for trans and non-binary people to get appropriate maternity care? I think to start off with the process of um, bearing a child is a tapu thing mm. and so for everyone who has a womb <laughs> for and, and is able to perform that incredible function having a whare tangata and whether that person is a cis woman, is a trans, intersex or non-binary person, they need the best care, the absolute. They should be they should be adored and pampered and looked after all the way through that process. That means access to good midwives, uh, good care throughout that process leading up to the actual birth. That means they should have access to quality health care, mm. no matter where they go, where their gender and identity or expression is not questioned at all the fact is they're there as a person bearing a child and that when that child comes into the world that they're coming into a loving family and uh, and access to all they need to get to make a good start in life and, and so I'm excited to hear about this research mm-hmm. and uh, I does know it, that yes does it really <coughs> take away from women to say the words pregnant people I think inclusive language I think it's fine to say um to say women who are the large numbers and predominantly, mm. but it doesn't take away from them then to say people who can be pregnant uh, because they are the predominant numbers. And But it's really critical to be able to use inclusive language, just acknowledge that not everyone who can bear a child, not everyone with a cervix or a womb is, is a woman. So, And I don't think it's about taking away you know, the word woman or, you know, marginalising woman mm. or that people from now on will, women will rock up to the hospital and be called pregnant people. It's, mm. it's, that, it's that inclusive language and mm. training is there specifically exactly. for exactly. non-binary and trans people. So you're still a mother, you're, you're still a woman, not trying to erase mm. woman by including non-binary and takatāpui. Exactly. People. Mm. Exactly. It's just that knowing that, acknowledging that, and it doesn't need to be a big deal. Mm. It really doesn't. It's mm. just we focus on what's actually going on and what that person needs at the time. Mm. And and that's the best care. Yeah. That's available in this yeah, country. The best for everyone. accessible care. And that exactly. was something we were talking about just last night mm. um, at another meeting. The shocking numbers that all in terms of wait lists and just 
people trying to access care and probably give up or I don't know move to other centres in the hope that they can get the care that they're not getting in the smaller towns but yeah the numbers were quite shocking they are shocking and and it varies so much um, across the country when we talk about the lottery postcode that is really prevalent in this country uh, it is even more pronounced then for people trying to access um, gender affirming healthcare particularly surgery Uh, but even the fact that I heard that there's massive waiting lists on just GPs Uh, let alone trying to find someone who's particularly trans-friendly or rainbow-friendly, uh, let alone trying to get access to, understood, the one psychiatrist that's available in the whole of Otago Southland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's, yeah. That is craziness. How, yes, and as I say, uh, many, many millions of dollars have been allocated to healthcare and it has not been allocated, it has not been spent. Yeah. It is not appearing in our communities where it was meant yeah. to. I mean, I had a friend a few years ago who moved to central Otago but kept their doctor in Dunedin because they they couldn't get one. Wow. In, so imagine that, travelling all that distance yeah. for a 15-minute appointment usually. Yeah. yeah. Crazy, yeah. Any other um, interesting things going on in the world of rainbow politics? Hmm. It feels like there's so much going on. I, I'm really excited to see more schools. Um, if we can bring up our children across all generations, across all cultures, parts of the country, to see that being supportive to all people of diverse gender, sexualities and sex characteristics is a great thing. So I'm excited to see more pride things happening in schools. Mm, yeah. uh, and that more and more of our youth groups who have been existing in schools sometimes very quietly uh, getting the support that they need. Uh, I know that there's progress being made around violence prevention. I know Mm. that there's great programs that have been launched to try and access some of that mental health money so that we can do Mm. more healing and more recovery work inside our communities. Uh, The research that's happening a big thing, I guess, around trans women in sports yes. has yeah. been flaring up. And, of course, now we're at the Olympics. Uh, it's it's a really interesting one where some people, again, using that opportunity to marginalise a certain part of our community where there's actually not an issue at all. Mm. Mm. Especially participation in sports is meant to be a key part of New Zealand culture. Mm. Uh, It's in our legislation that that should be available and we know from the Counting Ourselves research that uh, for in in that research trans and non-binary people generally do not take up sports A, the highly gendered nature of it Mm -hmm. from all the way from school community up to the elite levels uh, but also because the discrimination they know they will face uh, which is a real thing Mm. and and so again where we have the really sad thing where a group of our Olympians have come out against trans women in sports and saying there's a safety issue I I always look at it and say "Mm, I remember when we've taken our Māori Pacifica kids into sports and Mm. we get complaints from other parents because they're uh, bigger Mm. because they're faster because they're better with they have better ball skills mm. and so and it's like yeah it's still and so we've had situations where they raise safety as an issue and so yes. we, we know I'm mm. working in that space and especially because 
members of the National Party accepted a petition from another hate group called Save Women Sports. And, and I would like to clarify, apparently um, a court has ruled that a certain group is not a hate group. I say that when they say they're trying to save women and children or trying to save women's sports, and I say, these are key issues going on. Women-led families not being able to find homes, uh, gendered violence in our communities, uh, mm. the sexual harassment, uh, pa- lack of pay parity in women's sports. Are they covering any of those issues, no. Mm. If their core core aim and their only work is to put down trans women, that is a hate group. Also, just to clarify, <laughs> the judge did not rule that they were a hate group. It was a note made as a possibility that they have claimed as Owen. Wow. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for that clarification. Not. He did not rule that. He simply wrote it down as an issue. Mm. Yes. But, however, I think it's uh, Sports New Zealand is ungo- undergoing a current process where they're working with a lot of the leadership across our communities uh, to come up with really good guidelines for at community level. So we're not talking about elite sports, but having said that, the Olympic Committee has had a transgender policy since 2013, mm. but we're only just recently starting to test it. And... Mm. Meanwhile, people are just trying to do what they're good at. Yep. People are yeah. just trying to get on with their life. I I welcome and I am so proud <laughs> of mm. the people who are um, just who are representing us, who are standing on that world stage yeah. doing what they do. It's really, really awesome. Elizabeth, thank you so much for your time today and coming in and talking about all of this. It's just, it's just really interesting, useful stuff. So yeah. grateful to you for that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. It's always great to have you either on the phone or in person. And yeah, thank you so much for all you do for the community as an activist and now as an MP. (laughs) No, thank you for having me. And I always want to shout it back to the both of you. You hold it down here in Southland and uh, you keep these voices being heard. Mm. Uh, So ngam hia, aroha kia kōrua. Mm-hmm. Thank you. you. You can catch episodes of Out There on podcast on radiosouthland.org.nz. We also have a Facebook page out there. Hit us up there. You can also listen to podcasts on the Access Media app. You can get that on Google Play or the App Store. We're on Spotify too. In fact, we're quite hard to not find. <laughs> Loud and proud. Yeah. Take care, everyone. Take care. Kilda. The preceding podcast was brought to you by Radio Southland with the support of New Zealand On Air. Their funding of accessmedia.nz makes these podcasts available. To find similar programs by other stations involved, go online to accessmedia.nz.